You're listening to The John Hammer Show, thoughts and discussions from a preacher, disciple of Jesus, author, poet, and pastor. Brought to you by the Sunrise Podcast Network. For more information about Sunrise and or the Sunrise Podcast Network, check out isunrise.org. This podcast is also sponsored in part by Seattle Bible College. For more information about the school, check out seattlebiblecollege.edu. Hey, welcome back here to uh, one of the first few episodes of Dear Young Man on the John Hammer Show. I'm here with my good friend, Andre Benjamin, Pastor Andre. He pastors with me at Sunrise Christian Center. He was on season one of my podcast, and we had a great time way back when. It was probably almost a year ago, actually, because it was like kind of in the middle of the... uh, Yeah, you were on my first episode, weren't you? Um, My first interview. Uh, So anyway, it's good to have you back, and we've been... Good to be back. We've been chopping it up with each other ever since T-Mobile had like the five. <laughs> I was one of his five because we talked on the phone so much. <laughs> the five and was classic. We should have recorded those. No, so we, uh, you know, I'm going to have different backdrops. We're kind of in the underground lair today, so we may not have the best lighting or Some video. But we've got good audio, I think, so. Audio so that's good. what matters. That's what counts. That's right. So, <laughs> so we're good to go. And uh, I think actually... Um, Andre and I have been friends since we were uh, my right around the time my second daughter was born. I remember bringing her to your thirtieth birthday. Yes, sir. So uh, that Emma's thirteen. So we're probably and, and I knew you a little before that. So yes. we're probably coming on fourteen years of friendship. Which man, I, it's like crazy to think about. It's been that long. It's yes, really cool. It's crazy. Um, and now you know uh, we were both married when we met, and I had two one and then two kids and you had no kids yes. you were freshly married yeah so is this, this your like <laughs> is this your 15th uh, anniversary yeah, coming up be our 15th, 2006 okay 2000 ah, yeah that's awesome 15 years so coming up 15 I, did so. my, I just did my in-laws 40th vow renewal so it just was crazy to think that you know, <laughs> we've been married since they were married for 25 you know just weird yeah think about all that right start doing the math of things yeah so my uh my parents 43 years it's pretty amazing and think about family legacy i want to be married for 43 years oh my goodness (laughs) we're almost at 17 yeah every time you meet people that have been married longer than you've been Mm -hmm. alive or as long as you've been alive it's sobering it's right you just it it, you know when people have those little hashtag goals Mm -hmm. those are goals for me is that if yeah it can be meaningful and it's exciting and you know that they've been through some stuff but then you know that they're they persevered and they want to preserve something bigger than themselves totally and that's that's what's encouraging to me yeah well so shout out to 43 years to the yeah. you know young hammer clan and 40 they years still look like they've been married for 15 40 you know? years to the weights that, yeah 40. that's your in-laws last name yes correct? Yeah. yeah okay 40 and then they're and her, you never know who's watching because sometimes your your mother-in-law oh, pops in yes. from the east coast on our live and her video. parents were there and oh. they were going to be celebrating they're 60 something years oh come on which is like yeah that's older our, than, it's like my parents age I'm, just their marriage is that i'm long. telling you so it was it the or something something phenomenal it was just powerful yeah. to see yeah that's it's incredible well uh one of the th- the reasons i'm doing this you know series of podcasts is because it's just something that's been on my heart i think just for probably since i was uh like the end of my teenage years i feel like i started to really pay attention to like father-son relationships, the path from boyhood to manhood, and just noticing what different guys struggle with and just 
you know, caring. I just had a, just it was just on my heart. I would just see the struggle that people were in, and then for whatever reason, I feel like I've been tremendously blessed with good friendships and good like father figure mentors. I mean, obviously, my dad's an amazing dad. Um, maybe that's not obvious, but he is an amazing dad. But uh, uh, but I think people that it's obvious. I think to people that know him, um, you know, and I've just had. But I hear how rare that is. You know, I hear how rare it is that even a lot of guys don't really have close friendships or or a close relationship with their dad or even father figure type uh, mentors. And and masculinity, I, I believe in our nation is in crisis. You know, boyhood, like the message that we're sending boys, the message that we're sending men um, is having a pretty devastating effect on men's mental health, their ability to work and to thrive in culture. Men feel dishonored or they feel horrible about even their existence. There's a lot of shame and self-hatred amongst manhood. And so this is just something that you and I have talked about because I know that's something that we shared similarly, I think, is that we really were paying attention to things like the Father's blessing and how to reconcile and repair breaches in families and help. We wanted to see men Definitely. become strong. You know, so it's, uh, I know just even this last Sunday, I, I shared on Father's Day and I did this little montage of all these video clips, Powerful. you know, uh, from YouTube, from real life, and a few from some movies and some fictional stories. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Balboa. Oh yeah, I got the Rocky. That's a little teaser right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have to go check it out. If we hopefully that archive gets on there, we are kind of temporarily <laughs> on thin ice, thin ice with our live with video. With the selective, right? And yeah, it was you know, and it was like uh, something you've encouraged me for a long time. You're like you catalog, you got to catalog all these little clips you find. <laughs> you he would know? have phenomenal clips. So I started, I started doing that crazy. thanks to your uh, encouragement. Like yeah, you're right. I need to be able to access these like when I, when Absolutely. I need them because you forget if you, especially if it's like in someone's Twitter feed. Yes. Then you're like, how am I gonna find that? Yes. Where am, how am I gonna get back to that link? If it, anything, information <laughs> uh, that's not easily retrievable is useless. Yep. So if you can't easily retrieve something, it's useless. That's why, right. Why have it? Yeah, exactly. Very good point. And so uh, I know that, that these are things like just uh, near and dear to your heart as well. And uh, I believe there's a, you know, there's a massive opportunity for the church um, for us to touch our communities, uh, to restore family. And I think maybe we even overlook how ma major family is when it comes to restoring things. Um, like poverty. In fact, there's a, a guy I follow on Twitter who's kind of, he's an academic, um, I guess, I'm trying to think, maybe he teaches theology. He teaches at a, like a Christian university in, in New York, uh, Anthony Bradley. Um, he's up like a Presbyterian and he does a lot of stuff on race and different, uh, and on, but he has a big emphasis on fatherhood. And he's like, they're looking at these statistics and they're talking about like, oh, you know, one in five, um, black families is still in poverty three generations later and it's only like one or a few in a hundred for white families and then he was pointing out he's like but that's the univariate not the multivariate he's like if you look at the multivariate analysis of let's just look at married families men and women together black white doesn't matter what the race which is a, is a made up thing anyway right we're one race <laughs> sorry we're not going to go into that tangent right but if you look at the the little categories that we've we've created of black white this that um and you say married couples he's like then there's almost no difference between what the color of your skin is and whether you're still in poverty generations later you know so like family matters 
fatherhood matters. Was that a show? <laughs> there you go. Family matters. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Mr. Urkel. <laughs> right? Uh, so anyway, I know that you've been talking about this for a long time. Like we've got to, you know, you want to see justice in your community. You want to help people that are impoverished. You want to help people that are economically disadvantaged or whatever. Then like, hey, we got to do things for the family. You know, we got to strengthen family. So you just want to talk a little about your heart for this and just kind of like family, yeah. family, definitely. There were so many points that you sparked on and just uh-huh. even that kind of <laughs> that intro up. First thing I heard about was when you talk about the pain or the brokenness in families, you have what is known as that. I think there was a great work by an author. What was his name? I think his name's like Neil Strauss. He wrote a book. He co-wrote a book with a gentleman uh, called Generations. And they lay out the different generations, everything from the silent generations, which is, you know, we had like one of our elders, previous Mm -hmm. elders was from that generation where they're, Uh they come from, you know, they fought, they were strong, dignified. Um, Then, you know, they were called, also called the greatest generation. I don't want to conflate them, but you could go back and look at the framework. Then you had the the boomers Mm -hmm. who had the parents were from the silent generation. Then you had... After that, Generation X is the children of the boomers, right? Uh Then you got the millennials, right? Then you got Z or this, Mm -hmm. you know, and then of course they're gonna, there's gonna be another reboot. But this idea of that, how people learned how to cope and and what what was the definition of manhood, masculinity. Mm -hmm. Masculinity is defined clearly in the scriptures, but we have also a general narrative that comes from the evil one right. of how he says what men should be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, real men don't, you know, or real men do this or real men don't right. do that. Right. And then also the uh, thing when you were sharing uh, that I heard in my heart was uh, about the generations, but I also heard about you made a point about the family unit and the family is, is the key method in which God uses to transmit um, blessing into the earth. Right. So blessings are not, we associate it with monetary things, right? right? I mean, you hear a lot of, uh, you know, you know, uh, rock music, rap music, right. and they're just, you know, look at my car, look at my house, I'm stunting, I got all yeah. these, you know, I got a fleet yeah. of women because I got so much money, like I'm blessed. Right. And you hear people say yeah, that. Right. People say that and they don't even believe in the God of, the scriptures, I, you know, whoever their God is, they say, I've just been blessed. I, I mean, look at me, I'm blessed. And you say, I, wow, okay. Totally. I know my 10-year-old my walks around. It doesn't make sense, but it makes dollars from like the Creed <laughs> soundtrack or whatever. And I'm like, so who, what, 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 you it's, don't even know what you're talking about. It's so it's so real though, right? So look, they that was big. And then when you talked about the poverty situation, uh, mm-hmm. there's a thing called ACE scores. When you work with... Mm-hmm. Um, youth and children, Mm -hmm. it's called, it means adverse childhood experiences. So when you talk about Mm -hmm. the greatest poverty elimination tool, and this is documented by far, by anybody, you look at it and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, somebody who wants to argue it is just, they just want to argue. Right. But the greatest eliminator, poverty eliminator is marriage. Yeah. And so even people in the most trying situations, just them ending up getting into a marriage, working together causes for them so the likelihood of them coming out of poverty is high. Right. So it could have been both two people that were raised in impoverished situations, and then they come together as a unit. And you're, you're, you, when the scripture says marriage is honorable amongst all men, I, it, I guess it kind of makes sense, right? The marriage bed is undefiled. There's right. principles. There are things that he's put in place 
for it. So when I think about the family, everything from the generational differences of mm-hmm. you, the the silent generation not being told that they could communicate how they feel right. because I show you how I love you by the fact that I'm here providing for you. Right. Then they have the boomers and then the boomers come out and then mm-hmm. they rebel, right? We have yeah. the, you know, uh, the, the love movement or whatever you want, the Woodstock mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And then even a lot of the, um, the, 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 the music you hear a lot of the music is heartbreak. The, um, mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff I love, right? It's in all the films, the Motown stuff, all of that. What are most of those songs? All the biggest hits are are, are heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's totally. just like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, Papa was a Rolling Stone and all this type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That that aspect of these things was the, the 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 songs of a generation, the movies of a generation, the books of a generation, the the the, the plays the dramas of a generation were identified by what they were experiencing. And you could tell it's brokenness in families. We don't have um, marriage problems. We have family problems. We don't have right. crime problems. We have family problems. Yeah. We don't have murder problems. We have mm-hmm. family problems because you see people that are the, you know, the boomers, they rebelled, they did their mm-hmm. thing. And then some of them got their life back in order. And then they thought now we're going to provide mm-hmm for our children by working jobs. Right. And then comes my generation, Generation mm-hmm. X, I'm on the tail end, my wife is more Generation Y, kind of on the cusp, yeah. you, you're, you're yeah. the same, you guys yeah. are about the same age. So this aspect of in me being a latchkey kid was my parents were trying to show me that they love me by working, Yeah, you know? It's like, right. I'm here, you know, I'm mm-hmm. so, uh, I have my own things that I'm going through in my adverse childhood experiences, and then I'm acting out in school, and then my mom's having to miss, and she doesn't have the kind of job where you get vacation days and all yeah. this type of stuff. So she's coming up, and I'm getting suspended from school for dumb yeah. stuff, right? Right. But my part of that is acting out to get attention. Yep. Right. Okay. But yeah, I know you're mad at me. You're hot and steaming, but you're here with me. Right. I get to be with my mom. I hated being dropped off at school, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid and, Mm -hmm. and middle school was very rough, but I'm pointing this out to say is that that aspect of that, the, the family is God's idea. Yep. The original idea came from God and God desires to restore mm-hmm. families. It doesn't matter with when I'm working with young men right now, mm-hmm. I'm talking to them. I'm, I, I said, what was God's original intent for your family? I had somebody tell me and it, it grieved me. They told me that it would have been better if they would have been um, murdered in the womb, if their mom would have decided to not keep wow. the pregnancy because all the stuff that they had to go through I was, I mean, it broke my heart and I didn't know why they said that. And then later on, they opened up to me about how their mom got in a fight with um, their sister, who their older sister and their older sister kicked the womb Mm. and he was born with broken bones. Wow. Right? Crazy. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's dark. It's demonic. And Mm -hmm. the enemy was so fearful of this child (laughs) who's going to become a man entering the earth that he Mm -hmm. was trying to do everything he can. He couldn't kill. So he had to try to steal something. He had to try to put Mm -hmm. something in it in the formative times. And and I see so much brokenness happening in these, but God still has a redemptive plan for what family's for. Right. This same person, I look at them and I bless them. And I said, I'd sent them a massive text message because God spoke to my heart. And I just was saying, I'm so glad you were born. 
Yeah. You you know, the day the angels were singing on the day you were born, having right. rejoiced on the day you yeah. were born. And now you're impacting so many mm-hmm. people's lives as a result of being yeah. here. And that's one example of different things I'm saying that when you talk about the family, my heart mm-hmm. for the family is that I want people to get back. I believe that he has made it very simple for us to get back to him. If we cry, if we call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be delivered. Yeah. If we look to him, he's going to reveal to us and start to help us come out of whatever right. deficits we face. Yeah. And one of the things that I know I kind of kicked it off with a lot of things, then you brought it back with a lot of things as usual. <laughs> he opens the Pandora's uh, uh, box the in the Pandora intro. In the intro. He like, this is a softball. Right. <laughs> you think? Uh, the, uh, one of the things you touch on though is, you know, like we don't have a crime problem, poverty problem, da da da. We have family problems. Like there's a, a phrase that uh, sociologists or psychologists coined. I would, I would imagine it was them um, called father hunger, you know, and how dads are missing in a lot of in the picture in families and you know i mean even in the church i think thankfully i think i see most of our marriages that were around stay intact and make it through the tough seasons in life but you know the divorce percentages in general are pretty high and then you also have dads that are absent like emotionally you know or or spiritually you know and they're just they're like they do they do maybe try to show their love through provision and work but they are maybe not really actively present connecting heart to heart with their sons and daughters and with their wives, even their families. So, um, and I know you've worked with a lot of different young men. You've worked in youth detention, you've worked in schools. Um, so you have a lot of different experience. How have you, have you witnessed the impact of absent fathers? Oh, absolutely. Everything's Mm -hmm. from how you see young men interact with one another, how they Uh interact with themselves. And then how they interact with the opposite sex. Yeah. Right. Um, when I see young ladies vying for the attention of men mm-hmm. or, or boys, because they're boys too or whatever, yeah. but they're trying to, they've been taught seduction is mm-hmm. the way that you communicate. You know, the men have been taught, the boys have been taught a lot of charm and deception. And then the women have been, t- the girls have been taught a lot of um, seduction. Yeah. So you see this thing of still the absence of, a dad, right? right. Uh, you talk to them, even if their dad is there, they, their dad, there's a brokenness there. And I, I noticed that the Lord showed me probably about five years ago that he said that the, the way that the orphan, the, the way that the enemy promotes people in, this, in these broken governing systems, when you talk about mm-hmm. for God so loved the K-O-S-M-O-S, the cosmos uh-huh. that he gave his only son, right? That yeah. whoever believes in him shall not perish but have life in the age to come that's mm-hmm. literally what mm-hmm. the greek says it means life in the kingdom right uh-huh. so forever so when you look at what's in these governing systems and when the, why the scriptures commands us do not love the values right. of this right right so it's like how can god love the systems but then he tells us don't love uh-huh. or don't be a friend of yeah or, or you're really hostile to him he's saying yeah. don't place your value that if you go off of the values and the dictates mm-hmm. of the god of this cosmos yeah the, the little g-o-d right mm-hmm. he's not really a god at all but if you go after the values and the dictates of the serpent mm-hmm. the prince of the power of the air then you will be corrupted so in the schools to answer your question i see so much of the fact that the 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 mat the the father and the father's influence is removed and so people are looking for false fathers to bless them mm. there's a lot of false fathers in the culture yeah, right. that they're looking for to bless them and that's everything from even when i watch 
in athletics, I noticed, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I was just, I was discipling this one guy years ago and he was played football. He also made it to the college level. So, you know, he had finished college or whatever. And I was talking to him and I said, man, so how was football? I'm yeah. trying to make a connection uh -huh. point with him. And he said, I never liked football. I said, you never liked football? You wow. went to the college level? He said, it was the only time my dad would pay attention to me. Yeah. I got a revelation. I said, oh my gosh. I thought about all the kids that I had worked with. Is that root for all of us, you think? Period. I mean, you may, like, I remember like Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee Come and on. he's driving around with Howard Stern and like some of the comedians, I'm not feeling it and I don't watch their episodes because I'm like, I just, yeah. you know, whatever. It's Definitely. like too crass for me or yeah, whatever. Preference. You know? and so some, some of them I like a lot. Some of them I didn't care for. And some like, I don't think I really want to watch Howard Stern, you know, like whatever. Um, but then later on, I was like, I'll check out that episode. And so I start um, watching, uh, I start watching that video, that episode with Howard Stern. And like the first thing he gets in this car with Jerry, because the whole little show is like, he gets, he picks up a friend in some cool car that remind the car reminds him of his, his comedian friend. And they cruise to go get coffee or Great for lunch, the car you know? companies. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it, uh, totally. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's like for car guys and people that just want to have a good laugh and, you know, get the inside view of these comedians you remind me of a hyundai it's right. stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> occasionally it is i think actually <laughs> like he brings that one you're like, oh sorry for that guy uh but yeah howard stern's like in the car right away jerry picks him up and they're like looking at he goes jerry you know why i want got on radio and he's like he points to the car radio he's like because of this little thing right here he's like my dad would drive me around everywhere and he would never pay attention to me because he was always listening to the radio. And I thought, if I could get on the radio, maybe my dad would listen to me. And I'm like... That's, a, that's a mic drop. The right shock, I know, the shock jock king of that profession. Which, which makes sense, though, because right. you see, the, and that's another point, mm -hmm. is that just like I talked about in school. With the athletes or whatever, whatever it might be. Acting out, getting in trouble. Uh, right. Right? It's, yeah. You sometimes, you know... <laughs> I, this is not popular in this culture anymore, but rea realistically, the Bible talks about discipline, right? So discipline yeah. <laughs> is just not sparing the rod. Right. So we used to say, they used to say to us as kids when we would just kept doing bad stuff, they say, you're just itching for a spanking, right? Like yeah. You want to get your butt whipped because <laughs> you're, what are you doing? Why do you keep doing things? You, like that was a warning. It's like, are you just, you're, you keep edging towards the line trying yeah. to get it. And I feel that that's why we see why are some people so over the top and so crass? Right. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a father to discipline, discipline. them. Wow. They're literally looking for someone, someone to rein them in. Somebody told me just last night, they mm -hmm. said they had a friend who was in their 40s who said, I wish mm -hmm. that I would have had someone tell me to not have sex before I was married wow. because I never knew there was no men that ever stopped mm -hmm. me. Now they knew they were had to take responsibility, but now yeah. they had a bunch of kids and right. they were saying like, man, I wish mm -hmm. somebody would have reined me in. It just got in me because right. I really am regretful of this because I just thought this is the way that you basically validate your manhood. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, no. I want to make sure to be careful of saying that anybody going through any one of these things who is listening to this, yeah. I'm not, casting a judgment on them right where I'm, I'm making observations of sure. saying that there is there there is a place of you you don't know how to do these things and everybody kind of has this expectation that there's these norms of things that everyone knows but no a lot of people right. don't know well it. you bring up a powerful insight because i was thinking more of like how well you brought it both in a way like how we crave 
affirmation and so we seek uh we seek to perform and we get into a performance that's something that men i'm probably bringing this up a lot on the podcast i'm sure because it's something we all deal with probably to some degree or another like i'm going to perform for you sports academically comedy whatever it is to get your attention and then you'll affirm me but we also crave discipline absolutely so we crave the blessing and affirmation but and even like even like the bible says god is a father he disciplines those he loves right so we are craving loving affirmation through positive affirmation and encouragement, but we're also craving it through discipline at times. Absolutely. And then, and, and then like when parents abdicate, oh, they're so cute. Look how edgy my kid is. Look how look how famous they are. Look how much attention kids they're are, getting. And, and, and the kids are like, shouldn't I, you be telling me no? Why I are you cheering you me on? We all were creeped out by the friends that had we had in high school. There were friends that were, they had mm-hmm. well off to do parents and they were say, you can come to our house to smoke weed and have sex and things because we prefer yeah. that you would do it. And, yeah. and we're, I never went. I never felt even being in sin. I want yeah, to be clear it, on this. Even when you wanted that, like one part of you wanted that, <laughs> yes. but you're like, but I'm not cool with your parents. I'm not cool this. with your parents. <laughs> I feel like that's the time when that those left behind films will show up or or like a thief in the night. I feel like that's that you go to that house and that would be the day yeah, yeah, that the yeah. Lord comes back. Right. Yeah. I'm like. I'm good because your parents are co-signing on this. So you 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 know you bring up a mm-hmm. point of we do crave correction. People would my friends would shake their head when I my parents would want me home by a certain time. So I'm like, we yeah. didn't play full court after school. Yeah. We went and, and messed up some study groups. We were supposed to be getting our homework done. Mm-hmm. We done everything. And it's let's say it's five o'clock, right? School gets out at two. Yeah. I'm I was like, I'm headed home. And other people are just about, oh, I'm still about to, they get home at, they got home at 8.39 p.m. And they said their mom doesn't even care. Right. They say their parents don't even notice. Mm -hmm. They said that with a shame in their heart of saying, man, I wish my parents even cared. They told me they don't care. Right. So you're right. When you are a shock jock, for instance, Mm -hmm. or you are a singer, or you're even in the uh, industry that's seedy. Mm -hmm. Or even if you are in business yeah. and you are on the other side of it and that you are making deals, but you know they're shady deals. Mm-hmm. But everybody tells you it's it's white collar, it's okay. And then your parents don't even care. They're just so proud to brag on you to their peers about, oh, did you know that my son is at blah, blah, blah? He's the, the, the and they say, mom, dad, do you even care how I'm getting these things? Do you understand that I'm doing things that are really not good, right? right. You understand that there's, so they want, we want, we crave for mm-hmm. affirmation. We crave for it. When the scripture says that we save their life by mm-hmm. not sparing the rod. We say that there's literal proverbs that talk right. about you are saving their life mm-hmm. by, I tell my son this all the time, our oldest. I say, look, you don't want the first time you ever learn about discipline and correction to come from people outside of this household. We might we have the same talk. It's <laughs> so real, it's like right? You don't respond to my discipline, then somebody up the ladder gets to discipline you later. Bingo! You lie to your boss, you get fired. Come on! You lie in certain scenarios, you also go to jail. <laughs> you know, like so. Would you prefer some judge that has no connection to you, sentencing you, versus your parents giving you a punishment? I'm being real, right? Right. Because a judge has this authority that can really alter your your friggin' whole life. So it's like, hey, you got 
you know <laughs> i'm just laughing because we have the same <laughs> the same talk and, and then sometimes i'm like guilty. i go through this whole thing and then i'm like man was i intense i just like basically warned her about death row <laughs> I'm saying, it's real <laughs> after after like <laughs> because we don't we people don't realize that that ju- that junior cute Rebellion is ends up being full on. It grows yeah. up if it's yep. not checked. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I've I've not raised adult children. I don't have that yet. I'm. Right. But in the process, I right. have had to minister to people's adult children. Insert disclaimer: We are not the experts, but we're on, we're on the journey trying to <laughs> help other people. Okay, I'm yeah. on the literally. I'm on the every day. I'm on the and I'm yep. on the prayer line and I'm accountable and I'm trying right. to learn this whole. <laughs> right. You know, we're all we all are doing this. So when you when you talk about. Um, the, the voice of a father, you know, a father's two primary roles are to impart identity. This mm-hmm. is who you are and destiny. This is where you're Come going. On. Every time I get a chance to talk to my children in a meaningful way, we walk through that. And yeah. I say, what does identity mean? It means this is who mm-hmm. I am. So I tell them, I said, this is what a, this is who a Benjamin is. Yeah. As a Benjamin, we are this, this, and this. Right. Oh, so-and-so does that. That's not what we do. This is our values. Yep. There's certain things that people do that is popular. Mm-hmm. I'll give you something that's not even that mm-hmm. controversial, but there's just not a value mm-hmm. system for us. Yeah. Uh, people um, lots of times wear pajamas to the grocery store and things. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, our youngest is the only one to push the barrow now to because she wants to wear them to grandma's house. If yeah. she's going to grandma's house, can I please wear my pajamas? But she knows that as Benjamins, we don't wear pajamas outside of the uh-huh. house to go because that's just not our values. We yeah. were pajamas are for sleeping and for being at home. Right. You don't. I don't care if the school says they're having pajama day. You're not dressing in yeah. pajamas. You're wearing your regular. And they've had that at uh-huh. school. And then people say that's what you sleep in. No, I don't wear pajamas outside of the house. I wear uh-huh. pajamas at home. It's uh-huh. a. I'm bringing it to say is that that's something small and innocuous, but it's right. not because for for them I'm trying to tell mm-hmm. them is that you're a leader that's prepared in season and out of season yeah. and that you're not you're not asleep on the job you don't come to yeah. the job and, and the family is that's you're training them for life bingo you know you're not just like getting them through this till they're out on their own like you're you're equipping them and training them i mean i have another friend that you know even as an adult child was in their home they were wrestling with well this kid doesn't want to go to church anymore and this kid wants to do different behaviors in the home that aren't in line with our family values so uh you know i think a lot of parents in our culture have kind of gone to that point and this isn't a statement of judgment but i think it is helpful information that people should consider if they're hearing this is like they came to it and they said we have family standards That's right. you know like if their name they they're not benjamins but if their name was benjamin they say the benjamin family goes to church the parents yes. go to church the kids go to church and everybody under the roof of this house goes to church so as long as you live here if you want to pay rent and get a place somewhere else and that's your decision then that'll be your choice to go to church or not but like we don't let people make a choice because even the parents are in and we're in a as a family we have a covenant you know and these are these values you know and um you know, like, so you don't, you know, they don't get to wear pajamas <laughs> wherever they go. They don't get to do certain activities, you know, like, and I think that's really powerful because it's a code of you're conduct. equipping them with a code of conduct. It's, yeah. It, we, if we don't have, if you don't have, you show up to a job and there's no code of conduct. You do what they just say, you figure it out, do whatever you want. Yeah. How long right. is that going to last? Mm-hmm. You show up to a nation with no code of conduct. Right. And I think that to me is where a lot of the resentfulness in young people and they might be older now but in kids towards their parents is that is because they felt abandoned yeah they felt like i gotta i gotta figure i mean 
I remember I wrote that poem on the Hunger Games because I saw the movie and I was so like uh, grieved on the first one that came out. My wife and I went and saw it and I was like angry when I left. Yes. And I was like, you know why? And I, I'm like, I know why this is so popular because this story is not a reflection of some future dystopian thing. It's a reflection of now where kids are <laughs> in an arena killing each other and everybody's just watching with popcorn, watching this game from home and that's how you sustain society is you you like make your young survive for sport and you're entertained by them and you watch them kill each other and like what adults are standing up and going we will die for these kids so they don't have to die they we had, will show them the way and i'm like this resonates this you, you hit the nail on the head they had so they uh i love mm-hmm. i love the the history of uh rap and hip hop yeah and so <clears throat> they had um they were talking to some of the pioneers mm-hmm. and some of the pioneers said they refused to be called old school because <laughs> it's just like they write you off right in no other genre of music do are you written off so you know you Mick, get to a certain age and then you're like you can't be a rapper bingo, you're in your 40s bingo. Mick, <laughs> you're in your Mick 50s. jagger Mick jagger is not considered <laughs> yeah old school like he's bono, just Jag- bono know, none like of these, these, yeah madonna's like, still touring exactly right? these they'll people sell out just, stadiums they're they're <laughs> exactly they're classic right they're because they mm-hmm. still have a draw yeah. but with this and and here Here's my my theory is that the reason why they picked the genre of hip hop to make sure to discount that is they want to eradicate any value that you would have from input from a father, wow. from anybody who's been where you're trying to go before you that could sit down with you and say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? The, you know why my content has changed? You know why I switched yeah. to what? It's not because I'm not knocking you. I'm not judging you. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, but this type of stuff brought this to me. Yeah. When they realize that if I speak death upon myself, I could die and other people could die around me speaking death upon myself and speaking yeah. uh, my music. If it's just speaking death and chaos and carnage and then it's producing that. If I'm if I'm making a song that's banging in the club right. and, it's, and it's played in the strip club, but women are being trafficked to it. And then all of a sudden I get a, a revelation of that, that I'm partaking in an industry that is this way. And then they say, I don't want to make songs like that anymore because they mm-hmm. see what it does, which has happened to artists, by the yeah. way, for real. I'm bringing the point of saying is that they were saying how, why is it that they have discounted the older generation in this genre of music? Yeah. And it's and I believe it's because it's another attack on hmm. um, boundary stones. Well, yeah. So uh, I was just seeing some other guys. There, there's so many people starting podcast retreats. Stuff like in the last few months since I've been wanting to do this series for like a, the last year, and I'm finally getting it going on Dear Young Man. I'm seeing these other leaders pastors thinkers you know you name it there and some of them are talking about um just this whole concept of like how people used to want to be elders you know like it was like you aspired to become the sage to become the wise man in it's your aspirational. community it was you an aspiration be. but now like you bring up which is a powerful example from rap hip-hop culture uh how like they want to get the dad figures out it feels like you know, because you need the angst and the anger to have good music, is what you're told. Yeah, and then but you need I, the edge. I think that across culture, like even um, you know, like the Jackass, Tom Green, um, the Mook, the Mook, yep, the Mook and Midrift. You know, um, young people are sold these images of like just being eternally young. It's like the never shout out never, to the Merchants of yeah, Cool. <laughs> that's right, Merchants of Cool PBS special. It's kind of weighty. It actually, is. It is. I like I watched it once and I'm like, this is actually way too heavy for me. And I don't even, it's not even like a faith thing. It's just like, man, it weighed it's on intense. me. It's intense. It's um, intense. And I already knew some of that stuff, but yeah, it was heavy. 
Um, but I think that uh, we've lost that, you know, and I even had to examine in my own life, like, why do I want to, you know, why is it a compliment? I mean, I get, I do get paid young and you know, there's a part of you that's like, you're not 40, <laughs> are you, you know, and I'm 41 now, but I'm like, no, I, I thought you were like 30. I thought you were, you know, true. Um, and I'm like, why is it a compliment for people to think that I'm younger than I look? I mean, I, I mean, I, I want to age well and have energy and not associate being decrepit with being old. So I think if you have energy, you can perform athletically. The older you get, that is a compliment in the one sense. But um, but the idea but that the idea, you're, less, you're less usable or yeah, less valuable, valuable. the more yeah. you're not aging like fine wine. You're, 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 right. you're, you're decreasing and in value. Do you remember society. that singer? Uh, I think it was America's Got Talent or Brit Britain's Got Talent. It was like Susan Doyle. Is that was that? Yeah, it? Susan Boyle. Boyle, yeah. Uh, and she's like this like unknown. She's like was caring for one of her parents. I think is like a caregiver, you know. And she's like in this little town, and nobody knows about her. And then she sings, and she becomes like <laughs> overnight, <laughs> overnight in world our, famous. In our eyes, we don't know right, the work she put in. But right, yes. right. But she just had this incredible gift that nobody knew about and like it it was so powerful i feel like because it didn't go with the narrative like if you're not a famous singer by 16 or you're if, if you're not on mickey mouse club or you're not on nickelodeon or you don't get the contract by this age or or if you don't do this sport by high school and then get into college sports or if you don't you know so it's like you you run into all these people that are living with regret you know you'll even run into like somebody that's like 21 and they'll think that their life is already over because they didn't have a career path decided by the time they were a senior in high school and you're like you want to smack i want to smack them and be like dude like how are you living in regret so the, and you're so young so the question i i, anyway. I have people talk that they talk yeah. very melancholy and they're just their mm -hmm. their disposition is that of heaviness and fatalist so i talk right. to them and i say you're 22 uh -huh. <laughs> i know but i know i know you're gonna say i just feel like i'm not where i should be in life i'm not at I'm like you're 22, dude. What like right. snap out of it? I, this yeah. was happening with a gentleman. Mm -hmm. He's now a good friend, but mm -hmm. um, he was doing some work for me, and that yeah. was he was on he was having that dilemma because he was getting fed that narrative, and he was looking at his peers mm -hmm. that had went to school, and so he was. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, look. He said, I know you're gonna think this is silly, but I just feel like I'm so behind. I'm just. I said, so behind of what? Whose schedule are you yeah. on? The here's the reality. <laughs> It's financed. That's another narrative of the serpent. It's financed by those that can benefit by manipulating you because you're younger. You're so, younger and, and you're fatherless. Naive, and you're and fatherless. maybe fatherless. Absolutely fatherless. Like your this person dad, is fatherless. Man, yeah. I mean, I, I remember reading uh, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's yeah, Phil Knight. memoir, autobiography, and he's talking all about how like all these heavy hitters that became like a part of his key team, they would bring their dads in for like final interviews. And I'm like reading this book and I'm like, I don't know anybody that brings their dad in to an interview or like if you're gonna become an executive at this company or like a in upper management. Well when I heard or whatever, that, I was like But I heard that's that powerful. about I heard that about um because they're like this and this is a surprising one if I say this one. Okay. <laughs> so uh Percy Miller that goes by Master P, he had signed yeah. uh Calvin Brodist who goes by Snoop uh -huh. um to his label and they have this conversation where mm -hmm. at the end of uh, Snoop's contract, he is, he go, he 
you know, he's doing a feature on one of the one of yeah. uh, Percy's uh, artists because he has the label No Limit mm -hmm. Records, and he's doing a feature on one of those songs. And so he asked him in the, the side conversation, like, "What are you working on right now, Snoop?" And he's like, "Oh, my next album is going to be called Expletive Death Row," because he was mad at yeah. the label that. Mm -hmm. And he said, "That's not a good idea. I don't really think that's you need to put something out like that. Like that's yeah. just not uh -huh. a wise move right now." He said, "Why don't you come out here to New Orleans and and, mm -hmm. and look around?" So. He takes them around, shows them houses, and teaches them how to own a house and all this, and says, if you pick a house, I'll, I'll the house will be in your name and all this, right? Wow. So before he makes the decision, apparently Calvin, Snoop, flies his dad and his family out there to see, to right. make the decision of what yeah. they're going to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Who would think that uh, yeah, right? that person would have their dad, right? We, none of like, us would assume that. Like, But it's like a life decision that's going to affect Snoop's got it together. He's a baller, man. He's like, do your own thing. Party it up. And he's, But and, he's like, no, he's doing his due diligence. And a mutual friend Bring of dad. ours is his next door neighbor, by okay. the way. And yeah. he was saying how that a lot of that stuff is... Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's, we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, actually, I was at a training and he's like, he's like, you think Snoop Dogg's kids are out on the street doing this thing? He's like, they're in school. He's like, they're doing their homework there. He's like, go figure. They're getting trained how to invest. Why, <laughs> why is that? Like, Isn't that good for everyone? He's like, I have it on good authority. Yeah. So it's, but that's. Well, that's interesting to me is right. that he's making you, a life decision and he wants to have I, I remember sign there's this like Clint Eastwood movie it's like pretty inappropriate in a lot of ways you know he's a racist yeah right <laughs> he's a racist and he's, I haven't seen it but I heard but, it was epic yeah but he's got this kid you know who he's like using all these racial slurs towards his like neighbor kid or whatever and uh, they've got this kind of like gruff relationship and they don't seem to like each other but then they kind of like anyway he brings him into his garage at one point and the kid's like, how do you have all these tools? And he's like, somebody is blankety blank, dumb and stupid as blankety you are, you know? And he's calling him all these <laughs> these insults and racist comments and stuff. And then he's like, you should be smart enough still to figure out that over a lifetime, you slowly accumulate things and then you get to this point, but you don't arrive at it overnight. And I'm like, I never thought of that. You know what I mean? Because sometimes yeah. I'm around other guys and I'm like, they have all this property. They yep. have all these investments. They have rental homes. They have success in their career. They have a giant tool set. They have a, or a collection of, you know, fill in the blank of classic cars or this or that. And uh, it's like hard work, but it's like the process of becoming an elder. They didn't arrive at this overnight. They got, that. they got promotions. They, but see, going back but, to you saying so, that statement about wanting to be, yes, we're taught to now want to be almost like the the jester, the the the, the yep. mook. The You're mook. taught yep. to, to to want, and the term just basically means a right. aimless person. Exactly, never, it's like was, someone that just wants to do pranks and like etern oh, let's eternal go, like, smash pizza and drink, yes. drink beer and smoke weed and like your party, man. We'll be funny, like being the class clown. Yeah. Like you said, the jester Family is kind of like the highest goal, like being the funny guy. Having cool the life stories, of the party still. Yeah, life of the party, yeah. When you when you realize when mm -hmm. I got the revelation, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki's book where you talked about Al Bundy out of Married with Children. Mm -hmm. um, he said, and I watched that show when yeah. I was growing uh -huh. up. You know, I wasn't really supposed to be, but right. I did, right? <laughs> and I never had the revelation that he was the high school star. Hmm that never grew out of being the high school star. He married oh, wow. the prettiest girl, the head cheerleader. And that's why, it, it, to me, it was revelational because then, like, he's still lusting after young girls. He never grew. Huh. He never grew. Yeah, I call he it the Uncle Rico syndrome <laughs> from Napoleon Dynamite. You ever Uncle wish you Rico. could just go back? I, I mean, think it. about it. 
if you knew then what you know now, you just want to go back, you know? And he's, yeah. He, he never, he, he, they never grew there. They're eternally stuck in the, which the made up world of adolescence, which is not biblical. Which I just kind of re-remembered like, uh, that actually that star, uh, What's his name? Uh, Bundy. I don't know his, uh, his, real his real name. I know, right? I know, we know right? him as a fictional Sorry. character. I think it's, oh, maybe it's Ed Harris. I'm, I just mm, yeah, I don't know if that is Ed Harris or not, because I'm thinking of Ed Harris as somebody else. But, I don't know. Um, just threw that out there. Yeah, no, no. Or Ed O'Reilly. He's a, he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's crazy. And I'm like, he started like when he was like in his early 40s. And I'm like, I started in my late 30s. So What's I was like, he didn't give up. And he, he said, said it's a black hope. belt. There's hope. You're like, <laughs> if Al Bundy can you don't think of him as like the, is he the, you know, it's like any physique, any age, like anyway. So. I'm gonna have some jujitsu guys on this podcast too. That's, actually, it's, we're it's gonna needed. we're gonna talk about lessons on life and anyway. But no, it's just kind of funny like how he did that. But no, you're right. It, we get we want to be. It's I'm I never want to grow up. The Neverland, the Lost Boys. I I heard a guy. <laughs> I heard a guy just was recently, and he he you know he knows a lot of people. So, um, I had several people do this to me where mm-hmm. they talk to me about when they introduce someone they talk about like financial achievements of them. Yeah. Not understanding that the reason why I'm quiet is because I don't care. Uh huh. And it's not, and that I don't say that in a kind of disregarding, mm-hmm. disdaining. When people achieve things, I'm glad that they do. I love seeing execution. Execution right. is a high priority to me. I like mm-hmm. that. But the stack for me that is most important is, is their family still intact? Right. Right. To me, that's what an elder is. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and I'm talking about when we talk about elders, it's not being an elder at a local congregation. Though right. that's, he's talking about right. elders in the gate, meaning that yeah. you are you have aged up to a place uh-huh. of revere and wisdom, mm-hmm. and people value your insight. Right? They have the somebody even made it. I think it's Chip something, Chip Conley or one mm-hmm. of these guys made a book called Modern Elders or something okay. like that, where he talks yeah. about. I have a, I have mm-hmm. it, but. Their, I, the idea of that guys being modern elders and they're and they're probably yeah. basing their stuff more out of the stoic stuff right but why is it that people don't want to be you know I one of the one of the people that was uh praying for my wife and I one time they came to the house and they were just praying and just being very encouraging you know older uh-huh. and then they said something about me they said i just see you with a head full of gray hair <laughs> and i'm just like this is not encouraging i don't know why i was bothered by that right right <laughs> yeah they're telling me that no because the says the scripture says the hoary head one is one the with hoary wisdom. head you know they're the king james said, right oh my gosh <laughs> i said my wife was like what did you think about i said everything except the hoary head stuff was okay but that hoary head but what was it is the that gray head it's but it's the idea mm-hmm. that there's something oh, wrong with being when the bible says rise for the age right, right? well yeah and you know uh in fact I'll get, I'm going to get him on one of these episodes too uh my nutritional doctor that helped me turn my I love him. my health stuff around Dr. Fred Bishy you know New he, York yeah New York New York Italian once recruited by the mafia you know so he's the real deal <laughs> um and he just lets me have it in a great in the best way he's a he's a real encourager too though you know but he's straight straight, straight shooter, shooter. yeah soft. which we need that yeah um, man he's a man he's a man <laughs> I think that one of the things that's powerful to me is like he's like you know now that I think he's gonna turn 92 this year and so he's like now that I'm in my 90s he goes now I have more credibility than ever because everything he teaches about nutrition is you know to return people to god's design of eating 
Um, and then, and you know, he's not dogmatic or legalistic about it, but he just knows what works. He knows the from results, his, from and that's his, what he talks from his results. science, his science background, and his biblical studies, and 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 his practice, his mm-hmm. his execution of working with thirty five thousand clients. You know, but he over his sixty year career or whatever, and so he's like, he goes, but he goes, now that I'm in my nineties, I just walk in the room and start talking, and people listen to me more than ever because they don't think I should be able to move. Like he moves like he moves and does athletic things that most people kind of probably have a hard time doing in their even their fifties maybe and their sixties, they're like, Man, I can't run that many miles. I can't go on a fifteen mile bike ride now that I'm in my sixties or seventies. My bones are and too he's, brittle. I'm too this, yeah, I'm too that. And we're doing this walk, we're on this trail with him over in Bellevue when he's out here and he's like, Man, these trails are so beautiful. He's like, I just wish like and he had had like a hip injury, so he wasn't able to like goes, You should watch how I could run. You should watch how fast I can still move because he was he still did, he did his last marathon in his seventies, you know, and then even up into his nineties, he still does miles for a run or a bike ride, takes his grandkids on the back. Yeah. So you're like, but it's like that idea that like, now I'm to that place where I really have more credibility because I said this would work and give you a long active life, but now I can show you. And, and it's just like, it makes me think about age, like being around Freddie's so impactful because it, you don't look at aging out as a, like that you got to slow down that you gotta. I mean, sh- sure. There's, you know. It, you're, yeah, you make you make you changes. You make changes but, and adapt. But, yeah, you adapt, but it's not like you have to become decrepit. You're not irrelevant. Lie. You're more relevant. You're more impactful. You have more credibility. You have more opportunities. And it's like everybody thinks about tapping out of their career in their sixties to go. It's a lie. Like wind down. Like you start in your twenties and mm-hmm. you exit in your sixties, and then mm-hmm. they're finding which is it's just it's just it's just pure. Right, it's you have mm-hmm. more life than you think you are. You're gonna live longer than you, you're likely to live longer than you believe you're gonna live. Yeah. So you better make preparations mm-hmm. for that. There is, this really is a, uh, it's a marathon sprint, right? Mm-hmm. This is a mar or a marathon relay where right. you are you're being handed mm-hmm. a baton to run a leg of this marathon called life. So if you could go back to when you started young manhood, you're like 13 years old yes, sir. and you were to tell yourself, this is his own question I'm using on him. Absolutely. All right. I use it with others too. Uh, but if you could go back then, what would you tell yourself now that you're in your forties? I will, I would tell myself, number one, you are loved and appreciated. Mm-hmm. That would be the hugest value that mm-hmm. I, to impart because right. so much of what you look for when you talk about they have the who are the most influential at different age phases mm-hmm. and for that age it's your social circles of you thinking right. but of course biblically god designed it is that if the family is imparting blessing in if you're just doing it even one day one one day out of the week mm-hmm. and it's meaningful and that you're getting meaningful touch from right your your dad and your uh-huh. mom and they're looking at you and son you're valuable you're that so i would tell i would say you're loved and appreciated i would say to that your voice does matter, like use your voice for good, mm-hmm. because you you there were all these glimpses of me speaking out and what it could mean, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand that I could cultivate that and that it, it did matter because you're in the world of, because uh, at 13 it's middle school, so in the right. world of, that was a very hard time for me, in a world of everybody's insulting and yeah. all this, and you know my, my sharp tongue becomes more of a defense than it does instrument of healing i remember i met somebody this was crazy Mm -hmm. mutual friends when you say that of what would you say to yourself i would tell myself just because you're hurt don't hurt other people right Mm -hmm. because somebody tells me this was a grown woman 
and you know we, we had went to middle school and elementary school and i forgot about this mm-hmm. and so she goes she just said it in passing when we were all sitting together at one of my our mutual friends' house, and she goes, "I remember Andre was so mean. He used to tell me I was ugly every day, and this and that." I'm like, uh-huh. and, and, and it dawned on me. I didn't. I st- I don't ever mm. think I ever got a chance to address that because she just was like, "Oh, but I'm over it now." But in my mind, I'm like, "I said that." Right. Like hurt people, hurt people. Right. It's real. You're like mm-hmm. you. He used to ch- say I was ugly and mm-hmm. insult me every day. Who does that? Right. That's darkness. That's being under a veil. So yeah. I would encourage that and really in, um, cultivate, like tell when you, when you, when I mean by cultivate your voice is right. Mm-hmm. And then also communicate with God. Yeah. If, if you communicate with God, no matter where you're at, anybody listening mm-hmm. to this, that would right. be the biggest encouragement is that I don't care if you're 13 listening to this or you're 73. All right. Number one, the point you're at, the Bible says today is the day for salvation, yep. which, and that word, that salvation is deliverance. Today is the day for deliverance. Today mm-hmm. is the day for healing. Today is the day for, so if you're hearing this and anything's resonating, that's what I would say is that number one, you're loved and appreciated. Your voice does matter. Mm-hmm. You matter on the planet. You are the yeah. solution to someone's problem. You are the answer to someone's prayers. As I told the, the yeah. man that told me that he had wished that his mom had just exterminated mm-hmm. him in the womb. I told him, I said, no, because then you wouldn't be here mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be able to have this privilege to have all these encounters right. with you as well as the bunch of other people yeah. that you impact. So that's right. what I would say is that your life does matter because the enemy constantly is putting that over them. Yeah. And they almost wear it as a badge of pride. They shared this mm-hmm. um, in a, with a group of young men I was talking with the other day was that how everybody wears their depression on their sleeve now. Yeah. You know, it's like the music and the songs uh-huh. and their but it's almost like they're which they are. They're crying out for, can somebody actually please help me? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'm not I'm not kinda I'm kinda yeah. not cool being depressed all the time. Right. Yeah, big time. Wow. No. What would you tell yourself? What would I tell myself? <laughs> yeah, I think you got to see 13-year-old John. You I know. pause for a moment. I know. You know, that's what I'm looking at in my soul. I'm yeah. like, what, you know, like, yeah, I think at 13, I I would tell myself, like, in a similar sense, like, you're loved. You have value. And I think, I think I would, I think I would really try to say, like, uh, be teachable. Like, your value's not on the line when you're corrected. That's good. Because I think I had a hard time with like being performance driven. So if I was corrected, I felt like that meant I was a failure. Like, uh, and that, or that I had like an in, like an unsolvable flaw Yes. when I was corrected. Like if I, if I, if I was corrected, then that means I wasn't perfect and Ooh. I need to be perfect. Oh my God. So <laughs> you're opening up so much <laughs> right. right there. That's yeah. like 28 podcasts. Right. <laughs> right. <there. laughs> I know. <laughs> We can do a whole year on this one um, and beyond. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think I would just, I would don't care about what people think. Like take feedback and correction, but you don't have to please, you don't have to take all the feedback and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be afraid of what people think about you. Um, your, your, your family loves you. Your God loves you. <laughs> and the people that matter love you. And you can't let everybody be your critic. You can't, you can't please everybody. So don't try. You know, like um, I think that to me is something that I've just been learning this year <laughs> in a significant way. That I even had breakthrough on, like working through some of those core 
motivations or things that are are unhealthy you know that you uh god gives me that he has given me the right people the right tools the right books and i just as i'm you know i think i used to think just don't focus on yourself at all focus on god but i think god is an illusion right god meets us at our place of self-awareness it's not self-awareness like self-absorption no but like he deals with us consciously where we're at he sees you he sees us yeah so if he sees us then how Mm -hmm. can why is it we don't see ourselves right and so actually letting him and i think it's easy to quote like identity in christ verses and i'm all for that we need to do that um you know i'm loved i'm valuable i'm his beloved i'm chosen in christ i'm adopted in christ i'm accepted in the beloved i'm seated in heavenly places in christ above all authority principality power dominion and might and over all the works of the enemy you know i'm the, the head this and not the tail. First time hearing this yeah, sense, by the way. right. And so these are promises, but I think I need to let them go beyond just my lips and just knowing it in my mind. That's and good. I need them like etched into my soul. And I have emotional things. I have experiences that have taught me otherwise. And I need to bring those experiences into subjection to the word of God. And that's what I think the Bible talks about, the renewal of our mind, the salvation of our soul in James 1 when we receive the implanted word. So it's like, Yes, all those things are true, and it's good that I've confessed them in the past, but like, have they really entered into my emotional makeup so that when somebody sends me an email that they don't like what I said, or that they think I'm a bad leader, or yes. that they, you know, they're unhappy with something about that I said or did or whatever, that like, wait, that, you know what? Like, hey, maybe I need to learn from this. Maybe they're just manifesting out of their own hurt and pain. Um, but like, I don't need to take this personally because if these things are all true about me then why am i reacting in defensiveness in anger rejection feeling like a total failure and for myself Mm -hmm. i swing Mm -hmm. the pendulum the other way as well is that when somebody compliments me and says something do i drink it in with arrogance and pride or do i take it as my father already told me it so i can look at them and i could say thank you i appreciate that yeah and then move on right do i say what was the really what was the best part of it what, yeah. what tell me again rehash why it was so good mm-hmm. for you right there's different there's a difference of a curiosity of learning of how you right. can make something better sure versus you you know drinking it in with pride and arrogance yeah. because mm-hmm. when it's when the scripture says that he would not give his heart to men because he knew what was in the hearts of men that yeah. the master would not get they tried to make him king and he's like he withdrew himself from them to a solitary place right. to pray because mm-hmm. he knows that you guys will be trying to crucify me at 3 p.m. Tomorrow, right? <laughs> no, you that's so true. Fickle. They yeah. will raise you to the top and tear you down. So it's either mm-hmm. it's I, I love the thing you said that you would tell yourself about um, be teachable because mm-hmm. there's a, there's a word, uh, you know, they coined a phrase and, you know, they, they sometimes psychologists do it. Just do a good job of that. Um, Carol Dweck with uh, mindset, and she mm-hmm. talks about a growth mindset and a fixed oh, mindset. Yeah. So I would—that's definitely one axiom that I would tell myself as well—is yeah, have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, th- that you're ever increasing, that you're growing in wisdom and stature and favor. With I can learn, I can change, I can grow, I can develop. Yeah, not like I'm fixed at this point of failure or whatever. I yeah, I've got my lot in life. I try to not mm-hmm. even. Um, when we talk about parenting as well, mm-hmm. I try not to compliment my kids with fixed mindset values. Right. And I did that a lot because mm-hmm. I just thought it was, the, I was trying to, like I said, swing the pendulum from some of the things maybe I didn't hear as a kid. Uh-huh. So I would say things like, oh, you're just so smart. Mm-hmm. Well, then what happens when they get a, a bad grade on something? Yeah. Right. 
if I got I got a bad grade because I'm really not smart. Uh-huh. Versus right. I say, man, I like the effort you put in this. Did you put your all in? Man, you see that? And I point out the growth point. Yeah. I start measuring them and encouraging mm-hmm. them from the growth and not from the gap. So like, that's good. So you're like, you're complimenting their, 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 their risk taking, that they're developing, that they're putting in their effort, that they're using, you can see they're using their creativity to problem solve, curiosity. curiosity right? Yeah. Critical thinking. Yeah. That, that mm-hmm. fact that they... They had resilience to to bounce back. They asked a question about it, and they wouldn't stop until they got the answer. Yeah. They the the kid that nags the parent about how they want to get a project right, so that yeah. they make the parent go buy them supplies uh-huh. for and all. Yeah, that, that kid's going somewhere, not right. just because they're looking for the validation of the mm-hmm. grade, but they say, "I want to give my best because I yeah. know I can do better." Right. No, absolutely. No, that's that hits me powerfully too because like maybe sometimes kids give up because they feel like they can't do it with excellence because you haven't equipped them for it. Bingo. So they're like, why try? I don't want to try this. Like we're supposed to get this supply and that supply. And I mean, you know, even this program we were on with this homeschool thing before COVID, but even during COVID, it's like, yeah, you got to go get the supplies for them. You know, you got to get the the, the paper clip, the magnet, the battery. The they know, don't lack. Put all that stuff together. Uh, Jim Rohn, the great mm-hmm. business philosopher, says that. He said, how many languages can a child learn? And mm-hmm. then he says, as many languages as there are teachers. They don't lack ability. They lack teachers. Wow. And I said, wow, that is so wise. That is so mm-hmm. true. Someone that has the patience to sit with them and to teach them it. Yeah. That's that's how God made our brains. We mm-hmm. even we are constantly, our brains are even forming mm-hmm. new neural pathways through the things. And yeah. that's why it's dangerous to constantly just be tethered to a device yeah. is because when you don't allow space uh, prior to the podcast starting mm-hmm. he he shared a little bit about writing and journaling yeah. Yeah. and when you any of mm-hmm. us what's the last time you know little quiz for anybody listening to this podcast is when's the last time you actually saw paragraphs of your own writing your handwriting right. have you seen your own handwriting lately yeah. do you even know what it looks like <laughs> right have you ever wrote a page to yourself just to see mm-hmm. what it looks like can you still write Right. You know, I say it in just tongue in cheek, but mm-hmm. I also say there's something different that happens in the brain from writing than there is from tapping, yep. swiping, clicking, yep. right? These tactile things God designed, they're human yep. elements. And this is what makes us human is to what what happens if you, instead of texting that 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 person, you might still text them on short firm things, but if you gave an update to a family member, you sent them a handwritten letter, Yeah, would they really just feel like this is a relic of the past? I got to right. get this framed. It means yeah. so much more. Mm-hmm. So, but that, and there's something about that that slows you down, right? Yep. It's a slower process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we don't like to give to it. So that idea of when I'm with, when I talk about in parenting as well, that's a big thing for me. That's, that's harder is to not, I, I want to encourage them in that. I told, um, we had a kind of a run in yesterday with one of our children because mm-hmm. they were just chronically being late to stuff. Uh-huh. And, but they were given enough time, gotten up with enough time to get things, but then they were slow poking. And then I said, when there's things that you really want to do, you are the first one and you're rushing yeah. the rest of us. Yeah. But when there's things that you have said you wanted to do, but then now it's come mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's a harder part. You're trying to yeah. slow poke it. And that's not okay because you only have an imp- you only can make an impression once, and mm-hmm. th- whatever these habits are now, they form for the rest of life. Right. I don't want to lecture. I'm bringing this point of mm-hmm. just saying is that all of these things that we talk about from fathering, mm-hmm. it's really not correctional and directional. It's this relational 
mm-hmm. um, word that we're given in Genesis 2, which it says, and God put humans in the garden to cultivate and work yeah. the garden. God wants us to develop. Yeah. So everything that we're given, he's given us the opportunity to develop. Yeah. When you looked, when you said you looked at your younger self and you would tell yourself to develop. Yeah. When you were talking about jujitsu, that's a why do you probably like jujitsu is because it's development. You have yeah. you have clear metrics and rubrics to which <laughs> and to it's measure frustrating. From. And it's frustrating. <laughs> but it's a, yeah, it's a trial. It's like I mean, you get you enter in the bottom of a hierarchy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And like people are just flat out better than you and more experienced, more time on the mat and a higher rank for a reason. And so you have to you gotta work your way through the ranks. But that's but that's why I like when you share that Grand Torino quote about mm-hmm. over time you accumulate things. Mm-hmm. This is what we're striving for is the encouragement for people that it should be aspirational for you to want to continue to grow. Yeah. You should want to continue to grow. You should want to, if the master says, it mm-hmm. says this in Luke, that Dr. Luke writes that, and he continued to grow in wisdom and stature and right. favor. And the Bible talks about us going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. There is a constant continuum of growth. Yeah, We are not to max out and just, oh, I don't look at anybody like I want their relationship that they have with God because they're still on a process as well. Right. I look at aspects and I say, I admire that. Right. I look at things that people have done in their career mm-hmm. and I said, man, look at that determination. I read, uh, I told you I was studying songwriters and yeah. I was reading um, this most recent book by, because people kept telling me Dolly Parton, Dolly. I was okay. like, Dolly Parton's a songwriter? I get this book and it has chronicled her newest book. It had chronicled, I think, a hundred and something of her songs. Wow. But she's written over, she, she said 3,030 years ago, but it has to be way more than that because she wow. continues to write all the time. Yeah. So she's, let's say, at, at conservative value, she's got six to 7,000 songs. Yeah. Right? That's nuts. Right. Right? What is the level of discipline? But someone can look at and say, I mean, because, you know, she's, She's worth quite a her, her net worth is huh? high. Yeah. But someone who's a songwriter who's young would look at it and be like, I want the end result. Yeah. And she's like, You don't no, you don't. You don't know you, the time. You don't know the, the t- struggle, the legal battles. Come on. You know <laughs> the, how much life had to yeah. be lived to get to this? And you're yeah. act, you're trying to measure apple for apple. Right. You're going to go visit mm-hmm. something and you went, um, I went to you, you knew I went to a training a few years ago. Um and when I got to the property that they mm-hmm. had, they had acres just paid off cash. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, and then God said, it's a process. Yeah, and then we can we can start comparing ourselves, and it's like, uh, that's the fool's game. Enjoy the journey, yes. like like mature, be faithful in something little. You can be made faithful with much. Yes, you know, and just keep stewarding. Right what, where you're at. Where you're at. What you have today to steward, and it's a crazy how things. You know, like my dad tells me. Uh, in some of his leadership studies that, you know, you can usually, you usually don't get done in a year what you want to get done in a year. You usually overestimate what you can get done in a year, but you usually underestimate what you can get done in five Five years. years, You know, and I'm like, I think there's a lot of treaches to that principle because I think we feel so hurried and like we're behind and like, I got to get this all done this year. I'm going to get, oh, I'm going to, this year is going to be, boy, wait till the new year and it pops off and I'm going to get my, you know, my new year's resolutions and this is going to, and it's like, but if you're just faithful and diligent and yeah, have some big goals for the year, that's fine. You know, if they're actual goals and not just like wishes, right? And then you work on them. And if you don't meet, meet them all, you probably got further than if you're having no goals, right? But in that five year, but really what you can get done 10, 20, 30 years, what you can, you might end up in a whole new career field in that 30 years. That is such wisdom. Uh-huh. I right. heard mm-hmm. one of my coaches said that 
he does everything and he encourages mm-hmm. people as well to do things in 25 year horizons because he wow. said it's a hundred quarters and he says yeah. so you have the benchmark at every quarter mm. of doing something there's wow. a, there is something tangible that happens at the end of that quarter that you can measure wow so it's a hundred quarters and you keep looking at it as uh-huh. this. and i said wow because he says when people think about it it gives them they say mm-hmm. i got way more time than i thought yeah right because it does something to your it mind does something to your think mindset. of yeah Instead of like you said, oh, I just got it. It's got to happen. This is my year. I said yeah. that last well, year. I said that seven years ago. It's still right. Not my year. Well, yeah, we're stuck on like it didn't happen by end of high school. It didn't happen by end of college. Yeah. It doesn't happen in this nine month cycle. It did, you know. And we're like on that school year mindset thing. That's true. And even like who we associate with, um, you know, we we got that fix. Like we're all school batches us all by age. And there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing in the Bible. There's nothing even necessarily in human history. I mean, there obviously is things in cultures that people were, de- there's a difference between a child and an adult, between Absolutely. a boy and a man. There was a difference but even between a young man and an elder. Absolutely. You know, so there, there are, there are natural breaks in any culture or society that yeah, are good, that are, that are good, good benchmarks. That's a good word for it. Um, but like, I only associate with other people that graduated. I graduated high school in 98, you know, so like. I only associate with other people that graduated in 98, maybe 99 or 2000, maybe people that were a year ahead, maybe some 97 graduates. But you know, I, I've I, like, I've never really thought that way as much no, for whatever reason. Does. But I've had a lot of people that like, even like they've had my wife, and this isn't an insult to anybody, it's just an interesting observational humor, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but like, you're at somebody's house and then they're like, they, they're like, oh, you guys are like 38? Like, oh, we thought you were like our age. like. And then they almost have this awkwardness of like, well, I guess we need to overcome this to be friends. And they're like 34. Exactly. And I'm like, because it's well, why does it matter for 40 years? Because they were mythologically age? sold that they were going to relate to, you know, all the nine-year-olds are here. And so all the 20-year-olds, you're all learning on this. It's not real. Right. You're going to enter into a world post, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a primary school and secondary school and yeah. post-secondary school. So post that. You come out of that bubble and that illusion, right. and now you enter the job force. Yeah. Or even you start a company, and you're you say you start a company, and your admin happens to be fifty years old, but they're phenomenal. Yeah. You're not going to hire them because you're twenty seven. Right. You're twenty four, yeah, so, so you can't hire a fifty year old who will you, smoke uh, you. Right. And run why can't you be coworkers? Why can't you be friends? Bingo. Why can't you learn from people smarter and wiser than you that have more life experience? You Bingo. know. And so we need. I think that we need that, you know, as young men, I would encourage young men to take those steps to build relationships with older and not look at it as like, oh, they're old or, or I don't want to be like that. You know, like find, find people you do. I tell them, I I tell them that with, I especially encourage young men Mm -hmm. who desire to be married. I say, go spend, stop spending so much time around unmarried people then. Mm -hmm. Say go spend yeah. time around married couples. If you right. really have something and you said mm-hmm. that you want a quality of, that's what I started to do. I started right. to go hang around married couples. And my friends who were unmarried, mm-hmm. like me, were irritated because I would start to go doing yeah. dinner at people's. And I wasn't even dating or right. engaged or nothing, but I had a desire right. to. So I said, I want to I want to see almost like this natural mm-hmm. progression of things. And right. I want to hear their stories. How did you guys meet? Right. What did you, yeah. I wanted to know these mm-hmm. things. That this idea, is, it's, it's what you, you know, you are the, you know, you are the, another Jim Rohn quote, right. the average of the five people you spend the most time with, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted my averages to come up in certain areas. So be around people that you aspire to be like, Bingo. not just the people that are just like you. No, or, yeah. you, and there's okay for, it's okay mm-hmm. to have people that are 
Right. Of but course, you, it's okay to have friends but that you you're won't your peers. Go, but you won't. Uh-huh. You can, will only go so far in hitting. God made for us to reach out of our comfort zone. Yeah, and I think that if we only, I don't know who else, whatever business relationship guru said it or whatever, but like uh, the whole idea of like, um, you know, uh, now, I'm, now I'm drawing a blank on it, but uh, just the whole concept of like uh, being around people that you want to be like, or like, oh, if you're the strength, this is it. If you're the strength in all your relationships, Wow. You know, like then you need to you need to get step outside of that. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you need to, to turn your back on all your friends. No, but you need people that are further ahead. And in some friendships, you know, you might add more value in one area, and then they'll add more value in another. Absolutely. You know, but find people that you know they're they're stronger in their finances, they're stronger in their career, they're strong in their marriage, they're strong in in their prayer life. You know, in their study of scripture, their study of you know a different subjects that they maybe they're an expert or or they're. I'm at, I've you know, talked to people who have mm-hmm. done miracles that you wouldn't yeah. believe right because god's done them through them, yeah right? right they don't have any arrogance mm-hmm. or pride i've talked to people that have earned uh tremendous amounts of money yeah and they control a lot mm-hmm. of wealth yeah regardless of what it is the question i ask the lord in the midst of all of it is like lord where are you at work in my life and mm-hmm. what can i learn what can i glean so as we wrap up uh, today, uh, where can people find your information on uh, your music? You've been releasing a lot of music. Uh, your rap music is uh, through the pandemic, and you've been writing a lot, releasing a lot, and then you've got some books that are relevant. Um, so, where do people check you out? All things CEO of Destiny.com. Once mm-hmm. again, that's CEO of OF Destiny just like destiny. Yeah. Com. <laughs> there you go. And uh, there's, uh, I think the book that's most fitting for the conversation we had is called show yourself a man. It's based mm-hmm. on King David's last conversation before mm-hmm. he transitions to go be with the Lord mm-hmm. on what it means to be a man. He wants his mm-hmm. son to take courage and be a man. And I, yeah. I think it's very timely for you. Oh, it's powerful. I didn't even know you wrote that book. Is it recent? Yeah, I, it's, I wrote it probably three oh. years ago, but you know me, I'm bad at oh. promoting things. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay, gotcha. So this is an occasion. Yeah, there you go. He, he didn't even know. I learned after, something new. Yeah. And I thought about that this morning I was, as I was driving yeah. out there, and God says, show yourself a man. I said, oh, yeah, oh that's right. okay. So. And uh, yeah, if you could just pray for the audience, whether it's young men, older men, anybody Absolutely. listening in, it would be a blessing. Absolutely. And there's a song called Bar Raised that's probably good for that. That's 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 good for this. If you okay. listen to Bar Raised and um, Answer Softly, those are good songs about manhood. Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, all that. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. iTunes, all of it. Uh, okay. T- uh, what's the one title? Oh, okay. It's everywhere. It's all out there. It's all the, all stores, the platforms. That's good. Just look for advocate mm-hmm. i'm a fool that's probably the way you'll find me oh, okay yep <laughs> but father we thank you for this mm-hmm. time we thank you for n- number one your love for all humanity your yes, word Lord. desires that you were reconciling the world through yourself mm-hmm. through your son father i thank you for the work of this uh conversation and the mm-hmm. your spirit would ask we ask that you would permeate hearts that you would cause for there to be a tenderness I don't care who was listening to this, yes, older, God. younger, man, woman, child, Lord, those that are searching, those that need an answer, we pray that they would find the answer in you and that they would reach out towards you and reach towards you and that if anybody needs help that's in a situation, they would even um, send an email 
and that there we'd be able to mm -hmm. respond and encourage them in your ways so father i pray a hedge of protection over every listener i pray that the lord would bless you listener the pray the lord would keep you yes i pray the lord would make his face shine upon you i pray the lord would lift up his countenance towards you and that the lord would grant mm -hmm. you shalom that comes from intimacy with his risen son yeshua the messiah jesus mm -hmm. amen Amen. Well, thank you, Andre. And uh, thank you for checking this out. One of the best things you could do if you enjoyed this was to is to review it, rate it, and share it with others. So thank you very much. Comment to Have a great share, day. Share. Yes, indeed. Thanks for joining the John Hammer Show. Please give us a thumbs up, like, and subscribe if you're enjoying the content here. And the best way to support this podcast is leaving us a great review. Thanks.